morning, Grace. Good morning. I hope all you are enjoying. Although it's raining outside, God is good. And today is a day to celebrate those who give life to us. Call it us nine months and then no sleep after that. Um, spanking, uh, timeout, all those good stuff. Uh, today we are, gonna, we are celebrating Mother's Day. Can you dimly write a little bit? Thank you. Um, Mother's Day, uh, this was started in 1914 um, by Woodrow Wilson, the president. And for the last eight, uh, 86 years, it has been going on celebrated. I never grew up knowing there is Mother's Day where I came from until I came to this country. I was wondering, what is Mother's Day all about? Well, if you come to America, you learn many things. Some good, some you don't want to be doing, but it is what it is. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for your grace. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for the wisdom and the, and the power that you give us because of who you are. Thank you for mothers that you have created, give life to us. It's a gift from you, and we thank you for them. We pray, Father, we know there are several who are grieving at this moment because they lost their mom. Some are grieving because their kids don't talk to them. Some are grieving because they lost a loved one. And there are those who are grieving because they didn't have a mom because they were put in foster care or whatever. Father, I pray that you so pretend to all those here that you minister to each and every one of them based on their needs today. I pray also that you use me as a vessel to communicate your message this morning. And we commit this hour to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, see here where this works. Um, I titled this message, uh, Kingdom Women with Eternal Perspective. Now, not all mothers are believers. Uh, although all of us believe in something, in one fashion or the other. Uh, and today we are going to look women from godly perspective, so to speak, because the godly wives, godly women, uh, changes life. Now, today I'm going to be talking about, about women, uh, whether you're your married wife or you're a single mom or you're Women who want to be married or want to stay single, uh, we are, they are all women. Whatever status you are, we are going to discuss that for the next few minutes. Um, the book of Proverbs talk about, um, my child, keep your father's command and do not forsake your mother's teaching. Bind them always on your heart. Fasten them around your neck and walk, and when you walk, they will guide you, and when you sleep, they will watch over you, and when you awake, they will speak to you. For this command is a lamp. This teaching is right and collection and instructions in the, uh, it's instruction is the way, uh, the way to live. Uh, these are things mothers do. That passage is talking about, including father. We are not talking about you, father, so don't, don't worry about it. You can get some nuggets of wisdom today, but we are not talking about you. It will be your time another day. We're talking about mothers. Uh, now, and then I also qualify something here. Mothers are not just physical mothers, biological mothers. They are mothers who have fostered kids, uh, adopted kids, 
They have spiritual mothers also who come alongside and mentor, become mentor of those who God have put in their lives. So we are talking about all that. Now, uh, married mothers, widows, and singles, all those are mothers regardless of their status because God has seen to give life through them. So number one, uh, mothers provide foundation upon which we build our lives. Now, lives, society that are there today, they are because of, their, because of mothers. Uh, if we didn't have them, we didn't have women, we wouldn't have kids. So you wouldn't be here. I won't be speaking with you or to you today. So one thing is, today in the United States and many other places around the world, they gather to honor their mothers, and especially in the United States. Many mothers will receive flowers, some will not. Uh, breakfast in bed, dinner, and other acts of affection to demonstrate how we honor them and how we love them, even if it's just what, that one day, which you're supposed to do it continually, not just one day, you know. We, we humans are creatures of habit. We don't do it consistently. Um, those who may be away from their children may be content by a phone call or a FaceTime now. You can FaceTime or Facebook, whatever you do. Um, these are admirable, admirable things to do. However, the Bible in the book of Ephesians talks about we need to honor our parents. And one of those is parents as mother. And honoring our parents and being obedient to them for the instruction they give us. Uh, we may, they may not seem that the thing we want to do. And mostly kids don't want to do the things the mother wants them to do. They want to be contrary because... Uh, sometimes, you know, uh, when you give birth to that child, uh, they, they say, hey, she's she so cute or so beautiful. I always say, they're just little cute sinners. It is what it is. So, and that's why when you, are, you hold them, you, you put diapers on, you change their poop and all that kind of stuff, and then you buck them, and then you try to put them down, they just cry. And you've done everything. You grab them again, and eventually you discover, you know what? They have been selfish. Because that's what they are. They believe their life is you to take care of them. You don't do anything else except them. You can't go to the bathroom because I remember my son used to, my, mom is, my wife is going to the bathroom, and he comes knocking and putting papers under the door. <laughs> so you don't have time for yourself when you're a mother. Uh, not only have to care of the kids, you have to care of your husband and, and all other responsibility. And if you have a job, that even becomes more burdensome. So they do a lot of things. Therefore, that's what we say. Mothers provide the foundation upon which we build our lives and our society. Nations have been built because of mothers. If you gentlemen think that you're in control, you're not. Now, I want you to understand something. You have a head. All of you have a head, so you can think and can see and use your mouth to talk and eat and whatever. But you have a neck. Now, you can't move your head without moving your neck. Now, if you have slept long way and then you can't move your neck, you have to move the whole body. But imagine this. You are the head of the home, but your wife is the neck. That's how it is. You may have decided to do certain things, but your wife says, 
I don't think that's going to work. And you start having a problems with, with the attitude and whatever, you, but eventually you may come around to it. We all men have done it because we are little boys sometimes, you know. That's what it is. But mothers know what they are doing. Now, those are mothers. That's what they do. They are put there with certain instinct to know certain things are wrong. What we just pray like nothing happened. Some of us are just, nothing is going on, but wives know especially mother. Now, the book of Proverbs, uh, it talks about mothers and, and how many to keep their command and to do not forsake your mother's teaching. Uh, last night I was reading about uh, John Quincy Adam, the sixth president of the United States, and there was this long letter that was written to him by his mother. He was uh, going across the Atlantic Ocean, going with his father to France. He was 10 years of age. And that's why he started his diplomatic uh, leadership from there on. Uh, he went on to be the greatest secretary of state. But his mother wrote some things about that. And he said, obey your father. Because when you obey your father, you're obeying me. But regardless of what your father tells you, I'm going to write some things. And he, she enumerated a lot of stuff. I can't get into all that. But she was counseling her son even when she, he wasn't near. So that is what mothers do. Now, God also gives mothers uh, to us for every human being given to us, you are given a mother. Whether your mother kept you or didn't keep you, you were born biologically. You didn't just fall out of the sky. So it, it, that's how it is. Now, the Bible also gives the mothers and parents some counsel about how they're supposed to raise their kids according to the, the, you know this passage, back and forth some of you, probably have not read it, but look at it, what it says. Listen, people of Israel, the Lord our God is our, God, it's our Lord. Love the Lord, with all, with your, uh, love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your strength. Always remember these commands I give to you, I give you today. Teach them to your children. Talk about them when you sit at home, probably dinner time. Walk along the road when you're walking, going to a trail to walk or whatever you're doing. Uh, when you lie down before you go to bed, devotion. That's what we're talking about here. Uh, then it says, when you get up in the morning, say your prayers or, your, or whatever prayer you pray when, before you eat breakfast. Uh, lie them down, meaning there is something you teachers, you know, about contemplating your mind and lighting something you remember more. Uh, also, it says, tie them to your hands and signs. So I don't know how you're going to do that, but all I know is, is what I, sometimes we printed it and put it on the door so the kids can see it when they're waking up. I had to do that with my son's scripture. Tie them, them on your forehead to remember uh, to remind you. Now, you can't tie that. That doesn't seem like this. So I'm going to take these as figure of speech saying you need to memorize this stuff to remember them. And light them on your doorpost and gates. That's why we see people craft things and put them in your bathroom and whatever else so that when you're sitting there, you can remember the verse so that you can meditate on it. This is teaching. That's what it's talking about. In essence, this verse is saying, 
teaching since you were born and still you go to your grave continues. Your mother is going to be your mother until you die. You may not live in the same house. You may have been married, but it still is your mother. You're going to have to remember. That's how it works. So, because that's life. In essence, what he's saying, God gave created beings a mother here on earth because he loves us. Mother's an extension of God on earth to touch you where God can touch you physically. That's how it is. Uh, have you noticed whenever you do something wrong, you think you can get away with it, and your mother says later on, he says, you know what you did? How did you know? Because whenever you do something wrong, and your mom, mom knows because you behave differently. Even if you try to hide it. God gave them that instinct. So, it's like God looking over you through them. And that's true. So, mothers always are always giving and sacrificing for their children. That's what they do. They begin with nine months of carrying you before you come here and struggle and, and all morning sickness and what have you. You know those things. And you guys going to the store at midnight to get some that ice cream because she's craving something. That's what it is. So, and then it begins with the pain of birth. And then it never ends from there on. Our mothers suffer, and they will worry about us when we are gone until we come. They don't go to sleep until you get into the house. You know that. Is that you, Johnny? Is that you, Peter? Yep. And then they go to sleep after that. That's what the mom do. They worry about that. Um, when you're sick, and I'm sick, they would rather take that sickness upon themselves. That's what they feel. Those are mothers. When they're suffering... They will to suffer for you instead of you suffering. That's what they do. Uh, they would rather not eat so that you can have some. They will, have you noticed you eat, they will eat mostly last and sometimes they, they will eat when the kids are left? Now, my wife gave this. I wasn't there, but my, uh, when she came into VBS with her kids or going to school, uh, and she feed them, and then she usually carry her food in the car, and when they are going to class, and she's eating. So this one day, my son said, why are you eating? Are we not supposed to be going? Well, because they are used to seeing my, their mom eating in the car. Beware you moms when you be, have, create some habits. The kids expect you to do that. So we do differently. They say, they say something strange. For some mothers. Now, they will deny themselves clothing and amenities of this life so that you and I may have some. Those, that's what mothers do. Your mother will take a bullet for you. They will catch a head grenade thrown at you for, in order for you to survive. They will step in, in front of a train for you. Uh, who else will pray that God will take, their, will take them instead of their child? Only mothers do that. So we need to learn to respect them for who they are and what they can do. So... Now, for men, you men and I, if you had a good mother who loved you and demonstrated their love to you, that's how you learn to love your wife. Yep, so you learn to love your wife. There is no other way you're going to learn how to love unless it was practically demonstrated to you by your mom. You never know hate unless it was demonstrated to you. So the same thing we love. So, mothers always are, they love their sons, and because they love their sons, 
their sons know how to love their wives and everybody else because it was shown to them. The next thing here about a mother, because they sacrifice even for other young women. I'm going to pass this for a minute, so I'm going to come back probably. says, also women, or in general, learn also how to sacrifice and love their husband and their kids from their mother, because they see every day. So, ladies, you, whether you like it or not, your attitude, your behavior, your mannerism is caught, it's like a code. It's going to be caught by whoever is observing. So it's imperative that you be circumspective and take inventory of whatever you do because that young Johnny and that young Mary are going to catch up all those things. Now, once, uh, a while ago, I told some parents uh, before we had this COVID thing uh, in a back-to-school night, say, you know, I can tell the home the child comes from by how they behave. Some parents start cracking up. They say, wow, I didn't think about that one. And it is true. I had conferences where the kids are cussing in the classroom and a parent come and cuss in the conferences. So I said, you see, that's how he got it. Whatever you do, the kids get. And so it's important how we did it today. Mothers who are of faith, or women who are faith, will shine as example to their children and teach their children to love God, the seeds implanted in, their, in our hearts or their minds and soul by the mothers will either produce virtues or thorns. It is what it is. Depending upon what a mother teaches or what kind of example she sets for us or for the kids in front of her, we need mothers who take their children to church so they can learn who God is. That's how you create a godly legacy. That's why I said women with a kingdom perspective or eternal perspective. Mothers may, uh, uh, may God provide all the mercies and the grace that you need in order to live an eternal legacy because it's an imperative so that mothers, virtuous mothers are needed to instill to their kids or their children faith that they receive from the word of God. The only way they're going to accept it is seeing it practice, being an example so that they can learn that whatever you're saying with your word of mouth is practical and is applicable, not just you telling them that what it is. Now, sometimes not all mothers are honest and truthful. Notice what the proverb talks about here, it says, Women of faith are pillars of support and are faithful. Now, what does that mean? It means pillars, you know, is a stone that is on a corner of the house to support either a porch or a building so that it doesn't cave in or fall. So, in essence, the mother is the foundation by which those kids' faith and their lifestyle and who they become in the next life is dependent on. So it's a, it's a heavy responsibility to follow, so to speak. Now, how does a mother influence a child? One of the most meaningful 
role that a mother plays in inf- uh, is a natural, the nature, by spiritually, emotionally, mentally, physically, dress them. Uh, they fall out in a bicycle, you come dress their wound and whatever you, that's part of it. The next thing is, uh, mothers, uh, this word sometimes means it's synonymous with the word mother. So that's what it is, because the person who gives life makes sure that they keep, continue to extenuate their life to become what God wanted to be. Uh, the next thing is, mothers, when mothers nurture their children well and love and goodness, they awaken the child's heart for doing the same thing, because it has been demonstrated to them. They cannot do without seeing it done. The next thing is, I do, who is an ideal mother? And I do mother make sure that her child has an unconditional love and support. Regardless how Johnny and Mary and Peter were, we still love them for who they are. Home is where they're not going to be judged. They may be judged by everybody else, but mothers are going to accept them for who they are with their flaws and their problems and guide them to become the men or the women they should be. Um, the next thing is, an ideal mother makes sacrifice and provision for her children. They make sure even when we men fail that they are still there and they put, whenever there's no food on the table, they always find a way to feed the kids and they may go hungry and the kids have warm food to eat and what have you. And I do mother encourages her child to succeed and puts her child on top of our priorities. Have you noticed mothers do everything else except what they're supposed to do for themselves? I've noticed that with my wife, so I had to come alongside and say, hey, uh, you know, even when the kids are grown and they can go and we have taught them how to cook, she's still cooking. I say, no, you don't know how to do that. They can do that for themselves now. So they, they still follow. And when the kids are going to college, some mothers are still mothering. And they don't understand this young man is growing now. Some needs, they need to have a, a, little, release a little leash, let them be a little far there, but still supervise. Those are mothers. That's what they do. So as an adult, a man learns to love his wife and kids through the way he saw his mother love him. That's how it works. A woman learns from the sacrifice mother. No one can teach decency, character, and dignity than a mother. A child or a children and our bodies are nourished through mother's milk as we grow. Our souls are nourished the same way through kindness, compassion, and generosity that she demonstrates we're going to do the same. So when you see kids who are stingy, their parents was stingy. You just saw it. to look at it. It is what it is. So uh, once in a while, there is an exception. But most likely, it comes from the parents. That's what you're going to see. Uh, it's obvious. Now, did I go backwards? No, it's, it's there. Now, Let's not kid ourselves. All parents are not doing the same thing. There are parents who are very evil. Mothers who are very evil. You, history is piled of them. And there are parents who are good. And there are examples I can show here so you can understand 
uh, what I'm talking about. That man, I don't know whether you're a historian, that man was extremely evil. And if you study about the persecution of Christianity during the Roman Empire, that man was the center of it. And beside him, he has his mother. Now, that's Nero and Angropina the Younger. Angropina uh, was a woman who was very intelligent and very cunning and very diabolical, if you will. And she taught her kids to be the same. Um, so Nero himself, uh, be, excuse me, Nero became, uh, going too much, go backwards here. Nero became who he was because of his mother. Um, they defined what we call assassination business in law. Now, we talk about Russians being assassins. These are, they, they, they set the trend. Uh, they, they put it this way. If you're invited in their house, have an excuse. Don't go. Because you become the next casualty. They, they just poison you if they didn't like you. And they're going to pacify you, and, but they're pacifying you so they can kill you. These were two of the kind. Nero's mother, Agrippina, uh, the young, uh, in 15 to 69 AD, uh, was intelligent and ruthless. She also had insatiable lust for power. Such personality and characteristics make every woman or a man extremely dangerous. She married her uncle, Nero's president, uh, previous ruler of, uh, of Rome, Claudius, in uh, 49 AD. Five years later, in 559 AD, Angropina poisoned Claudius so that her teenage son Nero can seize the power. And therefore, she became de facto ruler of Rome. That's what she wanted. She wanted power. So that was her. And Nero went on to become an expert in killing. He killed, uh, he beheaded one of his wives because the mother said, you can do that. Second, he tried three, two times to kill his mother because now they had a falling out. And then eventually he sent an assassin in the middle of the day. And she, they went inside the chamber. And when they came, she said, she took her clothes off and she said, stop here. This woman is where Nero came from. Kill. And they did that same. They, she ended up killing her mom. And Nero went on, went on to do many other undiabolical stuff to Christians and what have you. He burned the city of Rome because he wanted the richest district in the center of Rome, but he couldn't get it because of the rich people, so aristocrats, so he decided to burn it. And then he put soldiers on all the fire stations so they don't respond. Oh, that's not nothing new. They did that, so they hit a fire station. And then he went to a mountain where he, on top of the building somewhere, he was playing a hump when it was, the, the whole city was being burned. Then later on he said, Christians did it. The Christian persecution started there. Why? Because his mother taught him very well how to do business of killing other people and taking what you don't own by power. So I'm just giving you an example how a mother can change a nation. Mothers have changed nations for good and mothers have changed nations for worse. So whatever you do, uh, make sure that you train them to be godly. Is this thing working? Mm -hmm. Okay, let's, let's go, Mark. Now, 
Johnny Kwesi Adam was the son of John Adams, president, and his uh, mother was uh, Abigail Adam. Uh, he went on to become one of the best Secretary of State of the United States, and then became the, the sixth president of the United States. And this is what he said about his mother. All that I am, my mother made me. That's what he said. That is his testimony. Uh, I'm just showing you some examples so we, we can understand some of these things here. Uh, go back here. Abraham Lincoln. Uh, Thomas Jefferson. Oh. There you go. So Abraham Lincoln, all of you know, the 16th president of the United States, who created what emancipation of slaves and what have you, he said these, all that I am and hope to be, I owe to my angel mother. He went on to become the 16th president of the United States. He wrote the proclamation of emancipation and also preserved the union when there was civil war, as you know. Uh, that is because of his mother's legacy, not because of him because there was a mother who supported him. Now, this man, Thomas Edison, and his mother, uh, Thomas Edison said this to his mother, I, do not, I did not have my mother long, but she cast over me an influence which has lasted all my life. The good effects of our early training I can never lose. If I had not been for her appreciation and for her faith, in me, at a critical time in my experience, I should never likely have become an inventor. I was always careless boy, and with a, mother, with a mother of a different mental caliber, I should have turned out badly. But her firmness, her sweetness, her goodness were potent power to keep me in the right path. My mother was making of me. The memory of her will always be a blessing to me. Now, if you don't know the story of Thomas Edison, Thomas Edison was kicked out of school. He didn't know it, but they gave him this envelope to take to his mother. And when his mother opened it, she, she read what was not there. And she said, your son is a genius, and nobody in this school can teach him. That's what she read. She was crying at the same time. She thought, he thought he was crying because he was happy. But what was written, that she decided to take her son and teach her at home and introduce him to library and material and go on to homeschool. Therefore, the homeschool, he was a homeschool kid. But what they had written there, they had said, your son, has a, he's a cuckoo, he's mental. We can't keep him. We kick him out of school. He didn't know this until his mother has died. He was going through family stuff, and he found a paper stuck on a corner of the box. And he took it and read it, and she found out what they had said about him. And he went on to become one of the best investors in the United States. By the time he died, October 18, 1931, Thomas Edison had amassed a record of 1,093 patents, 389 for electric light and power, 195 for phonograph, thank you for him for Hollywood material, Thomas Edison did that, 150 for telegraph, 141 for storage battery, and 34 of those for telephone. And he said, my mother was a making of me, she was sure, she was so sure and so sure of me, 
and true, I felt that I had someone to live for, someone I must not disappoint. The memory of my mother would always be a blessing to me. That's what he said. That's Thomas Edison. Now, I don't know whether this thing works. Sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. Oh. There you go. Yeah, you, you guys all know that man, don't you? Everybody know that man. If you don't know that man, that's uh, Reverend Billy Graham and his mother, Catherine. Billy Graham went on to touch several millions of people, not because of him, but because of his mother. And this is what he said. The influence of a mother upon the lives of her children cannot be measured. They know and observe high example and attitudes when it comes to question of honesty, temperance, kindness, and industry. That's what he said. Now, it's estimated that 2.2 billion uh, number of people had him preach. It also estimated that 215 million have had him preach, they have attended his gospel event live. And 2.2 million, they are estimated to have come to Jesus Christ because of him. Thanks to his mother who taught him what a man of God should be because he was there for him. Now, let's talk about some young people today and those who are widows, a single mom. We have Eunice is in your Bible. Eunice and Louise. Louise was the grandmother of Timothy, first and second Timothy, the protege of uh, Paul, a spiritual son of Paul. When Paul came, uh, took him to train him to become the bishop of church of uh, Ephesus at age 15 and a half. Uh, Paul repeats saying about him, he says, I am, that's what he said, I am reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother, Louise, and your mother, Eunice, and I'm persuaded now lives in you. Uh, Paul took Timothy and trained him to become a spiritual son and went on, but he gave credit to their, the parents who were there to train him to become who he was. So, single mother, they can do work. We had a widow of Therapas. Uh, if you have said the book of Kings, uh, the book of First Kings, uh, first 17, uh, uh, chapter 17, you see there is three and a half years of drought because Ahab, king of Israel, who was wicked, and his wife Jezebel, they didn't want to listen to God, and Elijah came and cast the place and said, we're not going to have rain for three and a half years because you're disobedient. And he came to this woman, and they had their last meal uh, for that day. And he said, cook it for me and let me eat it. Now, you think you, did, you cook it for your child. I said, cook it for me. Now, I don't know how many of you are going to do that because you're going to eat or die. So he decided, she decided to cook it for him. And when she cooked and he ate, then told her, go to your neighborhood, bring all the container you can get. And she went and she brought back and he blessed that and there was flowing with oil and flour that needed for the next three and a half years. That's what God does for those who don't have husband and people to come to help them. Now, there is another woman here called uh, Lillian Gilbert. Uh, I call her a woman of women. Uh, this woman went on to become 
one of the best person in the world with regard to breaking record. In early 1900, she raised her 12 children by herself after her husband's death. She went on to become the first, she received the, 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 the Medal of Hoover, Medal of Significance for Public Service. She became uh, one of the members of Society of Industrial Engineers. She became the first psychologist to be uh, featured in U.S. postage stamp. Uh, she had 70 years of career in public service. Uh, she accomplished psychology, engineering, organization management, and was considered the founder of industrial engineering. She advised six successful United States presidents. So she operated. You know that can that you, the can in your, in your, in your trash in the kitchen? She's, you, when you can step on it and, and you don't have to touch it, she invented that too. She invented refrigerators doors and all that. That's woman there. So, now all of you know that man. She was brought by a single mother. That man now is worth uh, $264 billion. And he failed several times, but his mother was there. She invested her first $10,000. She says that's the best thing she ever done. But she came along her side, her, alongside her son to do that. Now, there are some young people here, single women. The book of uh, 1 Corinthians talks about if you're single, you don't know how to get... Uh, we have, in this church, we have, uh, women say that we have, we have always not talked about them except those who are married. So single women, now we are talking to you right now. You can serve God. You don't have to be married to serve God. Paul said it. I would rather that you be, stay single. So he said, if God have given you that gift. So, and he continued to talk about that in the book of uh, Corinthians. I'm not going to read all that. But the point is, I'm trying to make is that you can serve God in the st status that you are in so that he can bless you for who you are, even if you are not married. Uh, that woman there is a single woman. She wanted to get married. Uh, she's still alive. And she's a distinguished professor and director of homemaking program at Southwest Baptist Theological Seminary. Previously, she served as establishing chair of home, home economics and family and consumer science in the department master seminary. That is Dr. MacArthur. If you're going to adopt Dr. MacArthur, you need to know who you are because he's going to vet you out. And what she said is this. As a Christian woman trained as home econo economist, I never expected to be single past my middle 20s. However, the Lord has much different plan for me and gently matured me to uh, my attitude toward singleness as well as purpose for marriage. And she goes on to say that as a professional, as a single professional, I have established home economic family and consumer science department in three Christian colleges and one seminary. Daily, I have the joy of assisting women mature to useful instruments for the master's kingdom. Though I have no children of my own, I have spiritual children and grandchildren over the, all over the world. My status as single allows me to provide the nurturing that my, my students need without neglecting my own family. I, consist, I consistently have the joy of experiencing what Paul was describing in 1 Corinthians chapter 7. So... Some key points to take here for younger people here. 
Genuine lesserousness. Paul talking about in the book of uh, Philippians chapter 3, talking about that. Uh, Paul's genuine lesserousness is that the mode of single women, while he was satisfied with his savior and salvation, he was dissatisfied for who he was. That's why he says, I'm pressing towards the mark of high calling. As young people, uh, young ladies, uh, pressed to serve God in your status, because if you can't serve God when you're young, I'm going to say this. If one does not serve the Lord as a single woman, there is no, there, when there is so much discretion of time, it's highly unlikely you will be able to do that when you're married. So serve God when you can, because when you're our age, you may not be able to move. Uh, yeah, I'm just saying, God wants to use your energy. If, if you look at the Bible, majority of the people God is using as young people. So ladies and gentlemen, ladies, just don't worry about whether you're married or not. Serve God. If he bless you with that spouse, good. If he doesn't, serve God. So it says, Paul longing help to eliminate unnecessary things in their lives. Our quest for Christ-likeness puts single focus on Christ. Therefore, ladies, focus on ministry that God has for you. Don't worry. If God has a spouse for you, he's going to give you one. If you don't have one, it's not the head of the world. You can still serve God. And don't feel like you're a second Christ citizen because you're not married. That's what the Bible says. Paul wholeheartedly purpose helping to focus on determination to reach the goal. You will not succeed by yourself and your strong determination. But if you allow the Holy Spirit to work through you, he will use you as a vessel and a conduit to reach those God wants to reach through you. And finally, have a definite goal. Paul says that he is pressing to the goal of high calling in Christ. Young people, the point is some, some of us want to have power. But let me say this. Sometimes power is not what you need. What you need is to, uh, your availability for God to be and as a vessel, as a conduit that God can use to demonstrate his mighty power through you. So stick, to, stick and thrive as a single person in Jesus Christ. And I'm going to say this so you can understand. There's, for every 89 single men, there are 100 women who are not married. So you know something, that means that like recruit, sometimes you might, get, you might not get married. It is what it is. So serve God where you are. And it was good for Jesus, should be good for you. Paul was single. Lazarus was single. Mary was single. Mother was single. And the Lord Jesus Christ was single. So what's, nothing wrong with that. So this is what I'm going to say. In this Mother's Day, we salute all mothers, grandmothers, godmothers, and all single women who set examples to their nieces and nephews and the world at large. Do not let life happen to you. Make life happen to you in Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for each and every person here. We pray that you continue to minister to them. Help them to become who they are. Help your young ladies, uh, women in between, and older women, so that they can come together and nurture each other to mature, to become like you. As we go to celebrate our Mother's Day today, bless us as we go. Protect us and keep us safe. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.